Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. And so it's good to see everybody this morning here in person and you watching by Zoom Uh, Today uh, is a special day, an appointed time, actually tonight at sundown, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And so today we want to talk about Yom Kippur and the miracle of Teshuvah. Amen. That's the Hebrew word for return and repent, Teshuvah. Say Teshuvah. See, you're speaking Hebrew. That's heaven's... What kind of language do they speak in heaven? Hebrew. (laughs) So we get an advanced course on Hebrew, Teshuvah. Yom Kippur and the miracle of Teshuvah. And so we want to get into some of the deeper truths of Yom Kippur and uh, just be reminded that on all of God's appointed times, Uh, there's an opportunity to step into a miracle. There's an opportunity to step into a breakthrough. There's an opportunity to step into more blessing. Who has enough blessing and don't need no more? (laughs) Who loves the idea of the Lord pouring out from heaven, opening the windows of heaven and pouring you out, blessing upon blessing upon blessing? Well, that happens, it can happen 365 days a year, uh, but uh, it also will happen during these appointed times. Uh, How many of you never learned growing up in Christianity that God had a divine calendar, that there was a biblical calendar? We didn't learn that in Sunday school, did we? We didn't learn that in Bible school that God has a biblical calendar that still is in effect today. It's nice to know about St. Patrick's Day, but that's not an official biblical holiday. Breaking news, Christmas isn't an official biblical holiday. Doesn't mean we can't celebrate it. In fact, I'm going to celebrate Christmas And I'm going to be believing God for all kinds of good presents. (laughs) But God has biblical holidays, and Leviticus 23 goes through this, and it speaks of the seven feasts of the Lord. God says, these are my feasts. Yes, they're Jewish feasts. And yes, the Jewish people have preserved uh, the celebration and the honoring of these feasts for 3,500 years. Not a bad track record. (laughs) Amen. And uh, really, for most of us, we're kind of Johnny-come-latelys. We're just now realizing we've been grafted in to Israel. We've been grafted in to revelation and wisdom and blessing that was always meant to be ours. It doesn't diminish what Jesus has done. It advances and accelerates and amplifies what Jesus has done. And so God ordains things. Special times for people to receive a, get ready for this theological word, a dispensation. Is that when I stand in line and get the blue pill? (laughs) Yeah, if you're Mr. McMurphy. But uh, uh, thank God that he cares so much for you and I, his people, that he wants us to receive uh, a constant flow of blessing, a constant outpouring of grace and mercy and forgiveness. Spiritual blessings, they're the most important, but there's also physical blessings. Amen. It's nice to be healed and whole, isn't it? Amen. And financial blessing. It's nice to experience abundance. I didn't know I was getting that much back from the IRS. 
I had planned a couple hundred dollars. Somehow it's a couple thousand. Amen. And so uh, it's, uh, it's a special time, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. Uh, and God sounds the shofar. The shofar has been sounding for 40 days, reminding us to be sure that we're right with God. Right? He wants to be sure that we've confessed any unconfessed sin. There's sins of commission, and there's sins of omission. Either way, Lord, forgive every sin. Father God, break every curse. Remove every weight of sin out of my life. Give me a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. So that I can, so that we can enter into a new year. Feast of Tabernacles is coming. The Lord wants to tabernacle with us. This is where the manifestation of Emmanuel comes. God is with us. He's tabernacling with us. He is the living Sukkah, the living tabernacle. And when he's tabernacling with us, because we have gotten right with God, we've confessed our sins, we've broken curses, we've put into our lives the right priorities, and there's no hindrance for the Lord to come in and uh, tabernacle with us. And so we go into a new year with a clean slate. Amen. Amen. And uh, somebody should name their church New Beginnings. Oh, we did. <laughs> yeah, it's a new beginning. Yom Kippur is a new beginning. Turn and tell somebody, bless God for a new beginning. Bless the Lord for a new beginning. And as we said, the Jewish people have been so faithful in preserving our heritage. Doesn't it bother you when you see, like remember when ISIS was out of control and they were trying to take over and they were destroying uh, ancient heritage sites? Why would they do that? Because they want to wipe out uh, the history and the memory uh, uh, that people have. Because when you know where you came from, it's easier to know where you're supposed to be going. Yeah, we saw that during the riots and the lawlessness that was unleashed out of Pandora's box a couple years ago. Uh, and all of a sudden, lawlessness hit the streets and people are trying, they're still trying to tear down statues and, and it's like they don't even know why. Uh, I know why, because they're inspired by the wrong spirit. And uh, we could go on with these examples, but thank God for the Jewish people who are preserving our history, amen, biblical history, salvation history. Christians typically are raised up to think that our salvation history starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and yet, really, it's all Scripture has been given by inspiration of God. All Scripture, beginning in Genesis and Exodus, amen, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Torah, the, the Humash, the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, uh, is also God-inspired. It's the wisdom of God. It's the foundation. It's the first floor of our uh, religious experience. And so knowing how God began it all, the origins of our faith is so important. And that's why we like to study here at New Beginnings Judeo-Christianity. And so uh, thanks be to God. Uh, Pastor, I'm sure, will get into Leviticus 16 uh, today. That's a key scripture that talks about Yom Kippur and the high priest and sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat seven times and uh, two sacrifices, uh, one to forgive sins, the other to break curses. But here's just one scripture in Leviticus 16, verse 30, just to highlight uh, it, it says, on that day, 
the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, on that day the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. Hallelujah. Now Jesus fulfilled the Yom Kippur sacrifice. He's more than just the Passover lamb. He's the Yom Kippur sacrifice. He's the daily sacrifice. And embodied in the Lord Jesus is the fulfillment of all these sacrifices so that when we put our trust and faith in what Jesus has done, we receive the benefits of all the sacrifices. And so it's good to know what all the sacrifices accomplish because then you know all the various ways and uh, all the various blessings and benefits that come. Now, if all Jesus did was just forgive us of our sins, we could never praise him enough. But he did so much more. And that's what the sacrifices reveal. But on this day, it says, God will make atonement for you. Uh, in Bible school, I, I learned that the word atonement could be broken down to at-one-ment. Atonement, at-one-ment with God. And so what God's desiring to do is forgive those sins, remove the weight of sin, cleanse us and purify us and sanctify us so that sin has no dominion over us, and that way we can be at-one with God. Amen? Now you might not have known this, but the Hebrew word for atonement is kafar. And it means, get this, it means to cancel. Like the idea of sins being canceled? It means to cleanse. Yeah? In, an, in the natural, we can't cleanse ourselves from the stain of sin. But supernaturally, by the power of the blood, the power of the sacrifice, our sins can be cleansed, the stain can come out, and our soul can be renewed, and we can go on not fretting about and being in bondage to the past and all the dirty, rotten things the devil did. We can move forward with hope. We can move forward in faith with a confidence that we do have a new beginning. We are a new creation in Christ. Stop dwelling on the old things and put your focus on the new things God is saying. It means to forgive, to pardon, to reconcile. The day of reconciliation. The day of pardoning of every sin. The day of forgiveness. The day of cleansing. The day of canceling out all the negative effects of sin and moving forward into the new year with a new beginning. I like that. I feel good. Like I knew that I should. It's uh, this word kafar, the, uh, atonement, is closely related to the word kaporet. And that means covering. And so there's this idea that God wants to cover us. Amen. With all of these blessings of cleansing us, forgiving us, pardoning us, and being reconciled. Now, what's so amazing is that this word caporet is a Hebrew word that's translated the mercy seat. Anybody ever hear of the mercy seat? Where's the mercy seat? It's the top of the Ark of the Covenant. It was located in the Holy of Holies. And uh, every Yom Kippur, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies and he would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice, that cleansing blood, that pardoning blood, that forgiving blood, that blood that not only forgives sins, but it breaks curses and reconnects us to blood-bought promises. He would sprinkle that on the mercy seat. How many times? Seven times. And this is when atonement and forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation were released. Now, here's what 
is so neat is this word caparet is the same word that God used to describe the pitch that sealed Noah's ark. Noah built this great ark and put all the timber there, but there were little gaps between the little planks and they needed to be sealed so the boat wouldn't leak. Amen? And that's caparet. That's the tar, the pitch that uh, 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 was uh, used to seal Noah's ark. Well, what does that all mean? Is God wants to cover you and I with a spiritual caparet, a spiritual covering, so that the blessing doesn't leak out, that the vision, the excitement, the joy, the peace, everything that God promises doesn't leak out, and you go down uh, underneath. Oh, help! I get. Why, why am I? Because you got a leak in your boat. And Yom Kippur is a time to repair the leaks. Amen. It's time to renew our commitments, reestablish our priorities, and get right with God. The shofar is blowing. Return to me, the Lord says. Teshuvah. Amen. How many of you are with me so far? Okay. So shofar, so good. One of the many scriptures relating to Yom Kippur is Isaiah 55. Uh, Turn over in your Bibles to Isaiah 55. In verse 6 it says, Seek Adonai while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. This is a Yom Kippur scripture according to the people that wrote the book. Uh, the Jewish people. And ancient Jewish wisdom teaches this scripture is especially true during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And so right now you have this appointed time to draw near to the Lord. Call on the Lord for some of these things in your own life. In praise and worship this morning, uh, just uh, go ahead and sing all the songs and worship the Lord. But under your breath, at the right time, by the moving of the Holy Spirit, call upon the Lord. Lord, I claim the blessing of Yom Kippur in my life. I claim breakthrough. I claim reconciliation. I claim forgiveness. Pardon me. Cancel every sin. Remove the power of the enemy and the power of the way to sin for my life and help me go into this new year with a new beginning. And this is what verse 7 says. Isaiah 55, 7 teaches us how to seek the Lord and in what spirit We need to approach the Lord during this appointed season. Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous one his thoughts. Let him return to Adonai, so he may have compassion on him. Notice that the compassion is released during the process of you and I, teshuvah. We're, we're returning. We're teshuvahing. We're coming back to the Lord, coming back to our senses. No one out here is robbing banks and shooting heroin, but there are things that need to change. Yeah? In all of us, in our relationships, and how we approach life, in our attitude, our behavior, in our conduct, there's just certain things. We're not going to ask to see your list. But it's a good idea to have a little list, Lord. Help me work on this in my marriage. Help me work on this in my health. Help me work on this in my healing. Help me work on this in my relationships. Help me work on this so I'm not constantly doing the wrong thing. I'm doing the right thing. And then as you make that step of faith, you make that effort, the Lord will have compassion on you. Who doesn't need any more compassion? Oh, the Lord has been compassionate enough. Forget all of that now. I already have that. Move on. Yeah. How many of you are thanking the Lord today that His mercy endures forever? And and see, this is such a key. 
not only on Yom Kippur, but as part of our Christian journey. It's called Teshuvah, which is the Hebrew word for return, repentance. Amen? So call on the Lord during Rosh Hashanah. Call and seek the Lord during Yom Kippur. Pray, God, transform my life. Use this moment in, in my timeline of life to make a difference. To get me out of the doldrums. To awaken me from any spiritual slumber. Last thing we want to be caught as is lukewarm. Right? And so this is where this theme of Teshuvah is so important. Um, ancient wisdom teaches that these ten days of Teshuvah from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur are crucial when it comes to judgment. Okay? This is a time of judgment. Shofar sounding is a sound of judgment. Amen? Uh, when it happens for all of eternity, when the last trump sounds, the, the shofar will be a sound of judgment for those that get caught up in the rapture and those that are left behind. That's a judgment. And so uh, it's uh, this idea we talked about, I think, last week on holy convocations, divine rehearsals divine rehearsals these biblical holidays are on the calendar so we can rehearse them and during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur the rehearsal is here come to judge here come to judge <laughs> right and the judgment doesn't have to be bad but judgment does hang in the balance and so, how do we avoid a bad judgment? How do we avoid getting the book thrown at us? How do we enter into a lenient judge? Oh, the judge is my gracious father, and he gonna, he's going to like me and judge me favorably. But all of that is rooted in teshuvah, returning to God, returning to our first love. Returning to a lifestyle that involves repairing a broken world. Being a light to the world through acts of kindness and compassion. We're not just here to be greedy little flesh creatures. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> Judgment hangs in the balance. And so the shofar is sounding so that, and God warns us, it's an early warning signal. There's a tornado coming, be prepared. Things hang in the balance. How are the scales going to tip? And especially, how are they going to tip towards a favorable judgment? See, this is, well, that's all Old Testament, Pastor Scott. I'm tired of you all, always teaching the Old Testament and never teaching about the New Testament. What did Jesus teach in the New Testament in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5? He said, you are called to be a light to the world. If you stop being the salt, if you stop being the light, you will be trampled underfoot by men. Why am I not winning? Maybe it goes back to that scripture. Maybe I'm just pursuing everything that the world has to offer. I'm an expert on Amazon Prime, but I don't know that much about the Bible. You can be an expert at both. But if one's got to be diminished in your life, it can't be the Bible. And then we're hoping and praying and believing for God to bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, Lord. And yet the Lord is saying, what about the Teshuvah part? Was there ever a time in your life, Scott, when you were thinking about the Teshuvah part? And when we do, God will have compassion. God will show that mercy. You'll have a favorable judgment. Things will start turning around in your life. For many Christians, the blessing, the breakthrough that they're seeking is never contingent upon teshuvah. 
as a pastor, I notice this. That a lot of people that are praying and believing, they think what they just need is a better affirmation. Oh, if I just had more faith, if I just had a better affirmation, if I just had more positive confessions, it would have worked. And yet the breakthrough is really contingent on Teshuvah. Right? That's at the root of it. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Does, does anybody ever say, I'm sorry, Lord? anymore is that even taught in anybody's sermons lord i'm sorry well love means not having to say you're sorry well that's hollywood love (laughs) we're talking about bible love and god will chastise people that he loves but that chastising usually comes after you ignore a whole bunch of other warnings that's from Dumb and Dumber. Don't be Dumb and Dumber. Be a wise, smart Christian who understands that Teshuvah is a big part of the Christian experience. And every now and then, probably more now and then, we need to say, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Lydia, I'm sorry. I had to say that yesterday. (laughs) And when it comes to Teshuvah, the person who really needs it is usually the last to know. Because we don't live our lives looking inward. We live our lives looking at everybody else. And we're judging everybody else for their failures. And we never turn that uh, 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 eyesight, that spiritual vision, inward. Michael Jackson did a lot of things wrong, apparently. But one thing he did right was write a song called Man in the Mirror. (laughs) I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Where is the source of victory or where is the source of problems? It usually starts with the man in the mirror and the choices he's making. God wants to take us from being self-centered to self-aware. That's what the shofar's all about. Hey, Scott, wake up, man. You're missing it. I am? I didn't know that. Yeah. Scott, you've been unconsciously incompetent. (laughs) You didn't even know that you didn't know. That's a scary place. We're wasting the Word and wasting the Holy Spirit if, if we're the last to know. Because the Bible says He'll show us things to come. The Bible says He'll show us things up ahead so we can avoid the landmines and the pitfalls and stay out of the ditch. Amen? This is Yom Kippur. God wanting us to come back to at-one-ment, to be reconciled, to be pardoned and forgiven and cleansed and renewed and refreshed. But it all starts with Teshuvah. Father, forgive me. Amen. So in the spirit of Teshuvah, I went through a bunch of scriptures and Uh, I I pulled this uh, scripture from the New Testament uh, from Pastor James. Pastor James is really Pastor Yaakov. Uh, He's the first pastor of the New Testament church. And he weighs in on Yom Kippur. And it's all of chapter 4. I want to read part of James chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, open your Bible to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 is one of the more practical books of the Bible in terms of how to live a transformed life. If you learn the book of James, the book of Yaakov, uh, it will help you in transforming. It'll help you in overcoming. It'll help you in advancing in your Christianity and take you beyond the same old, same old. So in James 4, verse 1, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Okay, so he's dealing with bad attitudes. Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Okay, so husbands and wives, 
marriage counseling, when, when you're in uh, that spirit that you want to quarrel and you want to fight, it's usually because you're focused on your spouse's list of bad things that they need to change and not your own list. Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you, not with war within your spouse? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Now, he's not just talking about rank sinners here. He's talking to the church. He's talking to God's people. And it's a call, as Yom Kippur is a call, to renew ourselves. Renew the spirit that's in us. So you wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have it because you want it. Uh, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You're just running wild. Run away, child, running wild. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You only want what gives you pleasure. You ever see Finding Nemo? Mine, 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 mine. You know, we're acting like two-year-old kids. Mine, mine, I want, I want, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, come on, folks. Let's have a, can we have an adult conversation? Okay. You would think he'd let up, but he doesn't let up. Look at verse 4. Okay, I'm not going to go that far because I don't want to offend anybody. You adulterers! <laughs> verse 4. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. He's talking about down on the ground where the rubber meets the road. This is Christianity and where we have our, our troubles. Do you think the scripture has no meaning? They say that God is compassionate. That the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. But God opposes the proud while he gives grace to the humble. He's talking to church folk. He's saying, look within yourself and find out if within you, uh, are, are you self-centered or Christ-centered? Blow the shofar, blow the trumpet in Zion. It's Yom Kippur, it's the day of atonement. It's the day we want our sins forgiven, curses broken, blessings released. But it begins with teshuvah and taking a look at our own selves. And if you need any help, I'm sure there's people that will help you. Verse 7, so humble yourself before God. Humble yourself. Before God. Does anybody say I'm sorry anymore? Does the church teach that we should say we're sorry? Resist the devil and he will flee. But notice what comes before resist the devil. Humble yourself. Right? It's Sometimes it is your affirmations or lack thereof. Sometimes it is your positive confessions or lack thereof. But it's also sometimes that, you know, Scott, you haven't been very humble. You know, Scott, you're not very self-aware about how you act around people. You know, somebody sits next to you in church and you kind of give them a, a, a bat. What the heck is going on? Why are we judging people? Well, because, because his skin color's different. Or, or, or they, 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 they have a shofar. Who does she think he is? And we just forget, take the beam out of my own eye. 
God, you're so busy pointing out everybody else's fault, you ought to start a ministry. Start a new life group called the Rock Throwing Life Group. What do you do in the Rock Throwing Life Group? We just throw rocks at people. <laughs> Verse 8, come close to God. Amen, and he'll come close to you. Draw close to God. This is Yom Kippur. Draw close to God, and he'll draw close to you. Look at this. Wash your hands. We're going to do that today. Wash your hands. What does the hand washing signify? A cleansing, a purification, uh, washing away the negative, washing of the water. Uh, Ephesians 5, you wash yourself with the washing of the water of the word. Wash your hands, you sinners. He's talking to church folk. He's not talking to the guy out there robbing banks and shooting heroin. He's talking to people that are going to synagogue, that are going to church. Purify your hearts, especially at Yom Kippur, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done. This is the I'm sorry part. Does anybody say they're sorry anymore? Does the church teach that we ought to be sorry for stuff that we do or don't do? Sins of omission or sins of commission? God says, let there be tears. Jeez, man, I can't believe I did that. Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Renew me. Wash me clean and help me to be a, a, a person that does it the right way. With grace, with poise, with patience. I got one yes and one come on, and everybody else just looking at me like, I don't know what the heck he talking about. This is all predicated. The blessing is predicated on Teshuvah. Why isn't God blessing me? Well, there's, it's not God's fault. We got to go back and find Where did we get off course? A lot of times, it's because you never made a bends. You never said you were sorry. You never shed any tears over it. Yeah, I blew that guy out and never cried one tear over that. Never looked at yourself, the man in the mirror, and said, geez, what manner of man am I becoming, Scott? Stop that. In the name and by the blood of Jesus, I break this curse, this negative habit in my life. And I, Father, I thank you that on Yom Kippur that you will pardon me and forgive me and cleanse me and make me whole so that I can do it the right way. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Verse, verse 10. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Amen? What's God's will for my life? Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. What am I supposed to do with my life, Lord? I seem, I'm so confused. Humble yourself before the Lord. And that could take 101 different ways. Humble yourself to get to early morning prayer. Humble yourself to be the loudest praise and worshiper in your row. <laughs> Humble yourself to give a tithe or an offering towards your miracle harvest. Humble yourself to call someone in your family that you've been estranged from and say, look, I, I know things went sideways, I'm so sorry, but on Yom Kippur, I just want to let you know, God loves you, I love you, God bless. Well, what if they, what if they yell at me? Well, you know, that's not, that's not your, you can't control, you're not captain or captainess of the universe. You can't control every situation, but you can control how you act in that situation. Do you have any bad habits that you need to get rid of? Are you involved in anything you shouldn't be involved with? Are you unequally yoked with unbelievers? Uh-oh. Are your priorities out of whack? Are you giving the world your best and giving God leftovers? 
Those are Yom Kippur questions. When's my blessing going to come when we start dealing with some of this? Teshuvah. I'm going to return to God and get out of the doing it the way that I was raised or the way the world taught me, the way that I saw it happen out there. And, and it, it, some of that may line up with the Word of God, but if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, there's got to be a whole lot of shaking going on. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful, hallelujah, and he's just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Look at James 5, 16. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. How come I can't get this breakthrough? How come I can't get this healing? Why does all this bad stuff keep happening to me? Maybe James 5.16's at work there. Maybe you've never confessed the sin. Maybe you just kind of winked at it. Well, I, I, I don't really have to say I'm sorry to God. I don't have to confess. Well, what are you going to do with this then? Does anybody say they're sorry anymore? Does anybody really repent? Does anybody really think about, man, I can't keep living that way. Father, fill me with a fresh anointing on this Yom Kippur. Make me at one with you. Just help me to break that curse, to move on from that past, all of those incidents that happened in my past. I confess my sin, and sometimes you might have to just confess it to the Lord. Other times you just might have to make amends with your sister. Other times, you just, you, Mama, I'm sorry I treated you that way. Daddy, I know you didn't do it all right, but I didn't either, so please forgive me. And all of a sudden, when you're in that humble attitude and you're confessing your sin, healing comes. Healing comes to your body. What's blocking the blessing? Healing comes to your finances. What's blocking your financial blessing? This is one of the reasons that Jonah is read in the synagogue every Yom Kippur. Jonah. Jonah was a stubborn dude, man. Even when God said, look, I want to forgive those Nineveh people. I hate them Nineveh people, God. I ain't going to do one thing to be a blessing to those folks. All right, you, you know what three days in the belly of the whale going to feel like. Well, God wouldn't do that to me. You know, it's hard to say how all of that mathematically, spiritually pencils out. But sometimes people that feel like they're in the belly of the whale, and it's a dark place, a wilderness place, it ain't a fun place, and I'm a believer and it ain't fun. Well, go back and find out, were you like Jonah? And God was telling you to do stuff, and you I ain't doing that. Finally, the whale spit him out, and Jonah went to Nineveh, and they did repent, and he was still mad about it. That's supposed to speak to us today. Speak Holy Spirit. So at the heart of what we're looking for comes from Teshuvah. That's, goes, that's almost the first domino in the chain. The root word for teshuvah means to restore. Amen? It means to refresh. It means to repair. And so that spirit of teshuvah that's here right now on Yom Kippur uh, uh, is is going to restore us and refresh us and repair us. Repair us from what? All the knucklehead stuff we've been doing. All of a sudden we realize, man, I've been Miss McFly, McFly. There's nothing better to know that the curse is reversed. There's nothing better to know that you've been covered in forgiveness. 
There's nothing better to know that you have a clean slate. Your heart is right. This is Psalm 51, when David blew it with Bathsheba and Uriah. And he wouldn't repent. He just kind of thought, well, no one will know. But God knew. And he spoke to the prophet and said, Nathan, I want you to go confront uh, David. He's the king. Well, but you're the prophet. And you gotta, you got to speak truth to power. And he describes in Psalm 51 what happened to him. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sin. Does anybody talk like that anymore? Wash me clean from my guilt. Well, I did that at the altar. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't know what teacher you're listening to, but anyone that says that they don't sin, the Bible says in the New Testament, they're a liar and the truth is not. We all miss the mark. It doesn't mean we're robbing banks and shooting heroin and a cat burglar at night. We're sneaking into people's homes and stealing their stuff. I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Purify me from my sin and I will be clean. Yom Kippur. Wash me and I'll be white as snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. Let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a loyal spirit within me. Don't banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That's pretty humble. If you're the king, I don't answer to nobody. I'm the king. Oh, yes, you answer, Mr. President. You answer to the king. Mom, dad, you answer to the king. Child of God, you answer to the king. So today, divine moment, appointed time. Window of opportunities passing by. Compassion passing by. Forgiveness passing by. Restoration passing by. Reconciliation passing by. That's the open windows of heaven. They're not just over you all the time. And then when you do it right, God opens the windows of heaven. These are Moedims that pass by. And in due season, in due season, in due season, Galatians 6. What is the due season? The appointed time. There's a fascinating story that ties into all of this about the Nobel, Peace, or the Nobel Prizes. These are those world-famous prizes and Peace Prize and uh, literature and economics and medicine, science. The guy that started it, Alfred uh, Nobel, uh, he was real successful and became wealthy, 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 wealthy. But the reason he became wealthy is because he invented dynamite. And it happened that Nobel's brother died. And the local newspaper ran a scathing obituary in the newspaper, not of his brother, but of him. They identified him as the one that died. They thought he was the one that had passed away. And so he's reading this, and he's saying, OMG! He was horrified. The newspaper described him as a, the man who made it possible to kill more people more quickly than anyone else who has ever lived. And he's reading this and he's, the, the headline says, Dynamite King Dies. 
the merchant of death. So he read this, and he realized, man, unless I do something to change this for the better, this is how I'm going to be remembered. And then he realized that this was not how he wanted to be remembered. So he immediately did what we're talking about, teshuvad. I'm changing some things. Starting today, I'm changing some things. And he established the Nobel Prizes. And so now his fortune was going to be used to honor and reward people that were benefiting humanity. And so the answer was teshuvah. And it's the answer to you and I today. Amen? That's the beginning. That's the first domino. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, uh, just forgive me. Lord, uh, take this sin out of my life and purify me and cleanse me and give me a new beginning. Amen? Amen. So let's close with this. This is a, a special prayer that has been prayed since the times of Jesus, especially uh, during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's called Avenu Malkenu, our Father, our King. And I just want to pray this over you, and then uh, uh, we'll close. Thank you, Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Our Father, our King, deal with us kindly for the sake of thy name. Our Father, our King, renew us for a good year. Our Father, our King, annul every evil decree against us. Our Father, our King, frustrate the counsel of our enemies. Our Father, our King, destroy the power of every oppressor and adversary. Hallelujah. Our Father, our King, silence the mouths of our adversaries and those who accuse us falsely. Our Father, our King, remove pestilence, sword, famine, captivity, destruction, and plague from the children who obey thy covenant. Hallelujah. Our Father, our King, withhold the plague from thy people. Our Father, our King, forgive us and pardon our iniquities. Our Father, our King, blot out our transgressions and cause our sins to pass away from before thee. Our Father, our King, inscribe us in the book of a happy life. Our Father, our King, inscribe us in the book of freedom and salvation. Our Father, our King, inscribe us in the book of substance, sustenance. Our Father, our King, inscribe us for a meritorious life. Our Father, our King, Inscribe us in the book of forgiveness and reconciliation. Amen and amen. Amen this morning. Give the Lord a praise. Praise God.